Yeah, it's uh, Monday. And no, I was not doing LA Night just there. That's the thing. I say yeah a lot, and that's that's becoming in WWE LA Night. He does his little catchphrase. And goes, yeah, I can't really do it. I don't think it, I think it's. I don't know. I tried doing it the other day because I know like it's catching on, and there's uh, I've seen like tweets and Instagrams of like people saying there was one that said like. My husband, uh, this was sometime over the summer, my husband's been just walking around randomly saying, yeah, all day. Uh, you know, he's, uh, I'll ask him, like, hey, can you, uh, can you empty the laundry or something? Like, can you empty the dishwasher? Yeah. And it's, it's because he was imitating L.A. Knight. And that's what uh, L.A. Knight, L.A. Knight is like a cross between The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, but a fraction as entertaining as either one of those guys. And that's not a, that's nothing against L.A. Knight. It's just you had uh, the Rock was once in a lifetime, once in a generation. Stone Cold was once in a lifetime, once in a generation. There will never be another Stone Cold. There will never be another Rock. Just as there will never be another John Cena, Hulk Hogan, blah 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 blah. Undertaker, whatever. You just there's only one of those guys. They keep always. Oh, who's the next? There is none. Chris Jericho said it best twenty years ago. I don't want to be the next Shawn Michaels. I want to be the first Chris Jericho. Yeah, Chris Jarrett, like a lot of similarities. Been around a long time, great wrestler, you know, whatever. But Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho. Shawn Michaels is Shawn Michaels. So, anyways, so, and there's, you know, and there's only one LA Knight. But unfortunately, we had Stone Cold and The Rock, two generational talents, and they both existed at the same time. How lucky were we? And LA Knight is, you know, his, his cadence. The way he talks, it sounds like he's doing a Stone Cold and Rock imitation. It's like, you know, imagine if The Rock and Stone Cold uh, had a child together. I think it would go a little something like this. And then he proceeds to talk kind of like this, and he's got like the Southern accent, which is kind of like Stone Cold, but then he sort of talks like this, like The Rock, and it's like weird. It's It's like, yeah, it's both... Rock is a good-looking dude. He's had, you know, movie star good looks for a long time. That's why he's a movie star. Uh, well, it's one of the reasons. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> uh, and Stone Cold's a good-looking guy, too. Um, and LA Knight is, like, okay-looking. <laughs> but the whole, everybody's going nuts for this guy. And his catchphrase is, Yeah! <laughs> <coughs> and he's like, he comes out and he goes, let me talk to you. And it's just, I, I guess, I guess that's like a, I don't know. It's whatever. Anyway. Uh, so, so, so when I start talking and I go, yeah, it's not, I'm not trying to do LA night. And that sucks because yeah, is a thing that like every person on the planet says, I don't know, 500 times a day. Hey, can you pick up the kids from school? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yell upstairs to your kids. Hey, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's doing an LA Night invitation, but he took a word that everybody says all day long. Just like Stone Cold did with what? Except that was, that made a little, that was like something, that, that was like a gimmicky kind of weird thing. And it caught on and it was white hot. And unfortunately, 22 years later, people are still doing it. And unfortunately, it means if people start chanting what, and you're a wrestler and you're talking on a mic or anybody at a wrestling event talking on a microphone. And if you take a pause and you say, Hey, I came out here to do one thing. What? That's, that means like you're fucking boring and we don't like you. That's uh, if everybody, or it could just, it could also mean we're just a crowd of assholes and anybody who gets on the microphone, we're going to fucking hijack their, their whole thing here and go, what? Um, so I, yeah, so I'm just like, oh my God. And you know, eventually at some point, LA Knight and Stone Cold Steve Austin are going to have some kind of uh, verbal altercation in the ring. Uh, you know, when they have like the next, uh, whatever they, whatever they call it, they, they use different words. It's the same, you know, legends night, uh, old school raw, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, 
and then Stone Cold will be out there and he'll do a thing. And I'm, it's going to happen at some point. I don't know when, I don't know where, but at some point you will have Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring with one microphone. You will have LA Knight in the ring with, a, with his microphone. And you will have one of them going, what? And Stone Cold will go, what? And LA Knight will go, yeah. <laughs> and then they'll get the crowd, you know. It'll, it'll happen eventually. It'll happen eventually. Anyway. And then it's like, oh, God damn it. These are just, these are normal words. These are words that you have to use every day. And they're turning it into like a wrestling thing. It's like, you know, like Daniel Bryan, the yes movement. And everybody, yes, 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 yes. It's like, dude, that's, anyway, um, that's why I love The Rock, because he came up with all this ridiculous stuff, like, Rudy Pooh candy ass is not a thing that anybody's said before 1998, 1999, and all of a sudden The Rock comes out, you Rudy Pooh candy ass, oh my god, it was, what a time to be alive, anyway, uh, so yeah, <laughs> here we are. On a Monday, October 16th, 2023, um, and uh, it is the first, uh, it's the first time, it's the first weekend, uh, what am I trying to say here? It's the, I was going to say, I completely lost my, the first, oh, it was the, (laughs) duh, it was the first time that uh, my, uh, that I've had friends come out to visit. Last last weekend and this weekend were the first two. I had uh, my good friend Davo uh, and his wife and child, and I'm not I'm not omitting their names because they're not important. I'm just uh, I'm I gave a fake name, and I it, it just feels weird to me to just like name people's names. You know, it's like a first and last name. I don't I don't know. I don't know who of, amongst my friends are in the witness protection program, and I just, you know, I'm just sitting here spilling out their names left and right, and I don't want to, I don't want to mention children's names in particular. I just, I don't know. It's just weird. I don't know why. I just feel like weird. So, anyways, so a very good friend who I, I call Davo <laughs> came out last week. Uh, if you've ever heard the bowling story here on the Birthday Boy podcast, uh, he was uh, he was part of that magical night many, many years ago. Uh, the last time I saw him was six years ago at his wedding. And so, and I had never met his kid before until last week. And they came out on a Saturday and hung out and we had a lot of fun. We watched the Fastlane pay-per-view. Uh, we watched college football. We watched the press co- I have never, I think maybe WrestleMania was the only time that I stuck around after the pay-per-view and watched the, uh, the press conference. Um, until this one, and I was just like, well, not nothing else to do. Might as well just leave it on and watch the Fastlane press conference. And holy shit, am I glad we did because it was the funniest thing ever when Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes came out. Because Jay Uso was like, he comes out and he's just doing all this weird stuff, and I'm like, I'm like, am I, am I in such an altered state that he's doing normal things and it seems weird, or is he? in an altered state, and he's doing things, and, uh, and Davo said, I think it's a little of both, <laughs> said, yeah, I think you're right, and then you proceed to listen to Jay Uso talk, and he's, he's just saying yeet over and over again, and he's like, he's, he's just like, it's, it's, it's the funniest thing, it's really just a hilariously funny thing, and it's on YouTube, if you go and watch the, uh, the Jay Uso Cody Rhodes press conference, well, hell, here's a, a thing that has like the highlights from it. Let me let me play this. I don't, I haven't listened to this yet, but so they WWE now does these press conferences after all their pay per views or PLEs as they're now called, premium live event. Uh, which that's about the only time you'll hear me say PLE or premium live event. I'm calling them pay per view forever, just like I still say WWF. They haven't been WWF. They have been WWE. <laughs> Let's see, for 21 years, I have been watching WWE for 10 years as WWF. So they have been WWE for double the length of time that they were WWF, uh, you know, that I was watching them as WWF before. And I still call them WWF. So I'm always going to say pay-per-view. It'll be 100 years from now. I'll be dead, but maybe I'll be here 143 years old. 
And I will still say pay-per-view. When they have, like, the mind meld, you know, and you can just link up to the chip in your brain and, and be you know, download the pay-per-view. <laughs> and stream it right into your mind grapes. Anyway, they have press conferences after all these things now. And it's usually, like, fairly interesting. You know, it's like sometimes... And it's it's kind of a fun, you know, like they're they're kind of half in character, half out of character. You know, there's some clearly sort of canned questions about like what's next on your road to the title, you know, that kind of thing. But a lot of times you just hear them talk as themselves, and it's uh and it's fun. So Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso last Saturday night at Fastlane, they defeated Judgment Day for the tag titles, which was a pretty shocking turn of events. A lot of fun. Um, and, uh, and then they came out at the press conference afterwards. They had, you know, uh, they had a number of uh, John Cena, I think LA Knight, Yeah. LA Knight and John Cena came out to have a little time at the press conference. Cause they were in a tag team match, uh, against Jimmy Uso and Solo Sikoa. And so they came out triple H Paul Levesque really. Uh, came out and you know he's he's pretty serious you know mostly you know talking business talking storylines things like that um they had uh, uh damage control came out which was really good because somebody asked uh eo sky if she would defend her title at wrestlemania against taylor swift and eo sky just looks at the person and is like are, what are you crazy and it was very it was very funny um and then, of course, the highlight was Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes, fresh off their tag team title victory. But that was the opening match of the night. So, like, I don't know. What what else are these guys going to do? They finish, they win the tag team titles, go back, have a shower, get dressed, and, uh, you know, crack open a few cold ones, and and who knows what else. <laughs> so so they were having a little fun, and as Cody Rhodes even said, they had a few libations uh, on the bus before the press conference. So let's see. Hopefully... Hopefully this audio is good and it's not some, you know, you click on a thing on YouTube and you're like, oh yeah, here it is. And then what's, what's the worst thing when you just want to see the raw footage of something and you click on it thinking it's the raw footage and then you hear, hey guys, what's up guys? Last week, WWE had a press conference after Fastlane and Jay, you know, it's, it's like some dickhead trying to get, to, trying to get likes and hits and all that shit. Anyway, let's, let's listen. Y'all know Kasama. Kasama been here older. She older than all of us. That's like, Jey Uso. She, she, she been here since both our daddies was here. And Cody Rhodes is just cracking up at everything. But, full disclosure, Uda and I might have had a Ugh. libation or two on the bus. Yeah, he said they had a libation or two. Hi, Cody. <gasps> Congratulations. <laughs> um, and so somebody put this stupid music on. I, I wish you had asked an easier question. So... <laughs> I don't know. Ask Jay. Jay, where are we at in the story? Uh. <laughs> uh. Sorry, honey. Like we all we all hustle hard. Everybody's in their hustles. I bet a bunch of y'all lost lost money thinking Judgment Day was gonna win tonight, though. Let's go. You feel me? You feel me? Come on. Appreciate it, though, man. But man. <clears throat> <laughs> Man, that's my man. Um, I, I, I'm uh, the question. We veered away from it. What was the question? Feel me? You feel me? For real. Do you feel him, sir? Do do. Be your twenty-year-old self. Donnie Burgess, Network Indiana. Uh, oh, you local? Yes, sir. A local. So you brought up the nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> You brought up the Nightmare Factory earlier, Cody. Yes, sir. Great bonus question. Hard question. <laughs> Yeet! Let's yeah. go, y'all. That was amazing. I gotta say, that was amazing. <laughs> and that was Triple H. Yeah, Triple H came out. It's so funny. That is like that is like the story of Triple H's life. <laughs> like, Triple H is, uh, to me, one of the most boring... As far as somebody who has achieved the heights that he has achieved in the wrestling business, he is the least interesting of, like, all those... You know, there there was, like, the big four, I think, from the Attitude Era, to me, which was Stone Cold. Stone Cold and The Rock were just in their own stratosphere. 
And then you had Undertaker and Triple H. And then beyond that, maybe like the third tier would be like, uh, <coughs> excuse me. I would put McFoley in there, um, you know, as like a, as a fifth person. Um, but really like, yeah, the, the big four was Undertaker, Triple H, Stone Cold and Rock. And, uh, of, of, of all of those people, like the one who was always the least interesting to me was Triple H. Like he was kind of, he was fun for a while when he, when he was in DX, that was definitely my favorite version of Triple H. So like 97, 98, 99 Triple H. And then when they made him a bad guy, they turned him heel at WrestleMania 15. And then of course, by the end of the year, he was like the world champion and he was, you know, nobody could stop him and he won but, like, you go back and you look at Triple H's WrestleMania matches. They all suck. Unless Shawn Michaels is in it. Or The Undertaker. <laughs> because, uh... <clears throat> or The Rock. Or Mick Foley. <laughs> Which was, yeah, basically WrestleMania 16. Where you had The Rock and Mick Foley in the same match. Um... I mean, WrestleMania 18, he stunk up the joint. You had Hogan and Rock. Nothing could follow Hogan and Rock. Um... So they were in a bad spot anyways, but Triple H and Chris Jericho had one of the most boring matches ever. Uh, and then the next year, Booker T should have beat Triple H at WrestleMania and didn't. Uh, and they had like a very sort of racist storyline of Triple H, you know, being being racist against Booker T. And it's like, okay, all right, well, don't worry, because Booker T, they're, they're making him look so bad and they're, you know, making it uh, about race and all this stuff. Booker T is definitely going to win at WrestleMania. And Booker T lost at WrestleMania. Okay. Then the next year, you had Triple H and Shawn Michaels and uh, another wrestler. I, I, I can't. I feel like there was another one. I, we're not allowed to say his name, but anyway, uh, Chris Benoit. They, that was a good match, but you know, then Triple H would have singles matches with Benoit, and they were not that great. To me. I thought they were very boring. Um, but anyway, uh, then what? <clears throat> then I don't remember. Oh yeah, Batista and Triple H. That was boring, but it was a good moment for Batista. Uh, and then John Cena and Triple H, maybe one of the better matches, definitely one of the better matches that Triple H had at WrestleMania. Um, then, uh, I don't know. Then he had like, yeah, 2009, he had Triple H versus Randy Orton, which was like, what a snooze fest. Triple H versus Roman Reigns at one of the WrestleManias. I didn't even, I turned it off because it was so, but it's the first time I've ever, um, that's the thing about WWE Network. If you watch something on pay-per-view, it's like, yeah. I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to be tired the next morning, but I paid whatever, $50, $60 for this thing, and I'm going to watch every second of it until it goes off the air. And with WWE Network, it's like, this match sucks. I'm going to go do something else. Maybe I'll watch this later. Maybe I won't. I don't care. And uh, and then, yeah, I, I think probably Triple H's best WrestleMania match was the one against Batista, which was both of those guys' uh, last WrestleMania, uh, last WrestleMania match. Um, Batista's last match ever, and one of Triple H's last matches ever. Uh, but he's he's always just like he'll come out and he'll talk for twenty minutes and say nothing, and it's so boring. It's just so lame. And 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 now Triple H has to come out and you know he has to put his executive hat on and be you know talking about business, talking about you know he has to be pretty serious. But like he always tries to be funny. He tries to sort of ride the coattails of more entertaining people and fails miserably because he comes out and he's, you know, it was cute. He sits down, he goes, yeet. (laughs) That was kind of funny. And he's like, boy, I can't follow that. It's like, yeah, story of your life. (laughs) Ah, but who's, who's, who's really laughing? (laughs) Is Triple H really all that upset? His legacy's okay. He's a hall of famer. He's, you know, he's fine. He's fine. He, 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 he's going to be just fine for a very long time to come. I'm not worried about Triple H. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was, that was a press. So, so that was, that was last Saturday watching that press conference and, and, uh, cracking up Jay Uso. They also, I can't believe this guy didn't, uh, include in the, in the little video with the Mario music playing in the background for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't include at the end because uh, Byron Saxton was the the MC of the press conference. And he had this big, like, bright yellow, like, I don't know, <laughs> weird looking. And he's like, and, and Jay Uso's like, look, look at Byron over there. 
in that yellow suit looking like Big Bird. It was funny. I don't know why that wasn't. But anyway, it's good. If you want to watch the whole thing, it's, I, I think it's, it's like 15, 15 highly, entertaining, highly entertaining minutes. So that was last Saturday, having fun and, uh, and hanging out with friends who I haven't seen in six years. And their kid who I hadn't met until last week. Adorable kid. And, uh, and then this past weekend was, uh, having, um, yeah, I mean, menage a trois is, is what we are called when we get together. Um, so yeah, Nate and Joe and, uh, and the whole gang, the wives, kiddos, you know, everybody, uh, was here Saturday afternoon, Saturday night and, uh, and, and, and all headed back, uh, Sunday morning, but it was just like, it was almost hard to believe because, <clears throat> excuse me, we never, it's the first time, these last two weekends are the first time that somebody other than uh, our parents or, you know, like family has has come to visit. Um, yeah, and it's it was like almost surreal because, yeah, we, we moved to Florida in 2010 we weren't in Florida long enough. If we still lived in Florida, yes, we would have had people come and visit us by now. But that's that's not super easy because all my friends being in New York and it's like, yeah, hey, just hop on a plane. Come. No, it's, it's, you got you got a plan for that stuff. But but I know that if we stuck around Florida, we would have seen a lot of our friends because they all go to, you know, everybody goes to Disney on a fairly regular basis. So we, we probably would have done that. Um, but really just our, our parents came and visited us. We lived in North Carolina only for a few years, and um, and then we've been here in New England for eight years. But we've been in the you know most of that time until February was in the little dinky apartment. So I wasn't I wasn't going out of my way to invite people to come out and see us because a there's not much room, b the apartment sucks, and it's just like yeah we're we're on top of each other as it is the four of us in that apartment and the kids are not getting any smaller they're growing <laughs> and so yeah, it's not it's not ideal one bathroom even to have guests come and visit like yeah um and so now we're in a place that actually has room for people and uh and so yeah really one of the first things once we got the apartment uh, done and dusted over the summer. It's like okay, let's start. Let's start having friends come out and see us. And so now we've had uh, yeah two consecutive Saturdays with friends coming out, and it's been like it's just been amazing. It's been so much fun, and uh, yeah, we had a great great little Saturday just hanging out. You know, ordered some pizza. Um, you know, just it was like old time. It was just most of the time I would say we hung out in the kitchen. Cause that's always the hangout, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things like when, and, and our house is, is so reminiscent of the house that I grew up in that it really was, it really, really felt like, all right, this is, we're back, baby. It's like old times. Um, and, uh, and first of, uh, first of what I would hope to be many, 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 many visits, uh, over the over the years cuz i i i highly doubt that we're ever going to uh move i mean, I, I think the next move that i'm going to have will be into the grave <laughs> cuz i uh, we moved so much um all those years ago from 2010 to 2015 we lived in four different states in 5 years so that's and that's tough a move Moving, if you bought the house across the street and had to move, that's hard. That's stressful. That's a lot. Moving, no matter what, no matter where, no matter the distance, moving is moving. But yeah, when you have to go <clears throat> across state lines or move, and it's like, hey, at least if we move across, like this move that we just did, as long as it took, it was at least nice to have that time because we didn't have to hire movers we weren't in a huge rush. We had months to get our stuff out. And if we forgot something, we would just drive back to the apartment that's 10 minutes away and get it. Or, we, you know, get it the next day. No big deal. Whereas if you're moving, say, from New York to Florida, Florida to North Carolina, North Carolina to New Hampshire, it's like, okay, better make sure we have everything. Can't fit it. It ain't coming. And, uh, 
And, and so for eight years, it was like, I don't like being in this tiny apartment, but also I don't, I don't have another move in me. I, I maybe have one more and that's going to be it. And this was that one more. And hopefully that really is it. Hopefully, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, if, if we do own another house someday, I, it would be like a vacation house or something. Something that we wouldn't really have to move into, per se, so much as, uh, you know, uh, let's say we buy a little house in Florida just to have a, you know, near Disney or something like that. Probably not happening because it's nice to stay at a hotel when you go down there. But uh, let's just say we're just going to furnish it down there. We're going to, you know, so moving, moving, I think that's it. I don't, I don't see it happening. Um, you know, I guess... Uh, and hopefully I won't, hopefully the old folks home isn't going to be a thing. But anyway, the fact of the matter is it was so nice to just like, after all those years of trying to get to this place, cause I just would, I just kept thinking like, I want to have my friends come out and visit, but, but I don't because this, I don't want them to be it's in this tiny apartment, but it sucks. So now we're in this nice house and, uh, and there was room to sort of spread out and hang out and, um, it was just great. It was just the best time. And, uh, yeah, let's see. We watched a movie Friday night that was called like, I don't even remember the name of it. It has, it might be his final performance. It has Tom Sizemore in it. And I'm watching it. I'm like, didn't Tom, I feel like Tom Sizemore is dead, isn't he? And, uh, yeah, sure enough. Oh, let's see. Um, Tom Sizemore, what's the name of this? Uh, it's called Im- Imperatus. Imperatus? I-M-P-U-R-A-T-U-S. You have to hear, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Tom Sizemore, you know, he wasn't that old. He was only, I thought the dude was old. Like, he just, he always just sort of looked old to me. And I don't know a lot, I know he was in, uh, Private Ryan was maybe one of his, and he was in like, um, he was in that terrible movie, Dreamcatcher. What a, a horrendous piece of shit that movie is. But I feel like he was in that. He was like a helicopter. He was like the commander of hell. I, I don't even know. I really don't even know. He's just one of those guys. He's kind of around. He, I would always get him confused with other people. Uh, I don't know why. Just kind of had that. <laughs> But anyway, he died in March, and so I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, yeah, I th- he must not have been doing, is he always this horrendous of an actor, or like, did he just, was he just very ill, and this was the best they could get out of him? I don't fully understand, but we watch, it's, it's uh, let's see, a police detective, Clayton Douglas, Tom Sizemore, is summoned to a remote hospital to witness a mysterious Civil War veteran's outrageous deathbed confession that forces him to accept the supernatural. <coughs> and it's, they got this guy with this ridiculous makeup on, and he's supposed to look, you know, kind of ghoulish, kind of like, uh, kind of uh, exorcist, uh, exorcisty, <laughs> I guess, for lack of a better word. Uh, just kind of that ghoulish face and he's got the weird looking hair and the whole thing. And it's like, oh my God. And Tom Sizemore, it's takes place in the 19, I don't know, thirties, forties, fifties, thirties or forties, probably, you know, when, when you still had civil war veterans alive, which by the way, is it odd to think that like our parents were alive at the same time as people who fought in the civil war were like, is that not just, it's just very strange to me. It's like time is just so weird. And when you think of the civil war as like a million years ago, but not really, it's really not that long ago. It's just that again, technology has changed so quickly in the last hundred years, really in the last 20 years, it's, it's just exponential and it's just going to be faster and faster and faster. And we're not, us pea brain humans aren't even going to be able to keep up, um, as is already becoming the case, like with the AI and stuff, we're just like, what do we do with this? Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, so this guy's like, he's a detective or something. He goes to this 
and it says like uh the name of the place is like loony bin loony asylum <laughs> lunatic asylum or something like that which i'm sure plenty of places were called lunatic asylum and stuff like that back in the day but it's just it's just funny he just pulls in and it's like ah here we are at the loony bin <clears throat> and he meets with this doctor and the guy is like the doctor that he's talking to is like right out of like dinner. Th- it's like watching dinner theater. Tom Sizemore's like, um, he's he's actually as he's talking, we're saying, is he just? Did they just not give Tom Sizemore a script and just say like, yeah, just go in and uh, you know pretend like you're actually talking to this guy? Because Tom Sizemore's talking and he's all of the ums and uhs and pauses and weird like. At first, you think like, Jesus, is this? Is there just something wrong with this detective and he's supposed to be playing it like this? Like, is he supposed to be sort of slow? And then you realize that, like, no, that's just, that's just uh, like the best Tom Sizemore had to offer as far as acting, I guess. So here's a scene. He gets to the loony bin and he's the lady at the, the gatekeeper has to take his gun and she's very pleasant to him. And then all of a sudden, like, it's just, it's such a bizarre, here. He's he's just standing there and he's trying to meet with his doctor. And then He is waiting. Stairs on the right, room 215. Got it, got it. Sorry, thanks. Oh, what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is just completely ad-libbed by Tom Sizemore. And then he of course comes in there's a doctor and he's got the white coat on. He's smoking a pipe. He's got the you know, the scotch and all the... Yes. This guy. I don't know who's worse. We spoke earlier today. Pleasure, detective. I was hoping you'd stop by. Thank you for coming. <laughs> you must be a mind reader. I wish I was. I thought I took a wrecking ball to this place a decade ago. Hmm? Hmm. Almost did. Now neglect is her wrecking ball. This hospital has always been plagued by looming doom. Underfunded and forgotten. Socialites send us their unwanted, not their donations. Fortunately, I know certain politicians. We are able to keep the lights on as long as we accept the special cases. (laughs) Too soon for an end-of-day drink, detective? Drink? Those must be some hot politicians you have in your pocket. Uh, Governor Pinchot is a uh, biggest wet blanket on booze. Special case here. Um, to be frank, Doctor, I stopped by on my way home. Um, you sounded somewhat distracted, um, agitated, and um, I don't know. Something told me to. Something told me I should stop. You're good at following hunches. <laughs> Excellent, at following hunches. It's like a, it's honestly, it's like a, it's like a, not even a student film in college. It's like a, a an eighth grader would have made the, you can hear the dialogue. It's like, is there a script or are they just like, okay, guys, you're the doctor. So you're going to be like every doctor ever and smoke a pipe and have a long white doctor's coat and seemingly nothing else to do except sit in your nice big office and Tom Sizemore, first of all, he just left, he left his wife uh, in the morning and he said, uh, honey, I'm getting an early start to the day and, you know, I guess I'm going to, you know, get, uh, hopefully get back early. I don't know. You know, we'll see, whatever. I don't we'll do something. And, uh, <laughs> and so he leaves. And then the next thing is like, you see him pulling up to the loony bin and as you heard, the doctor goes, would you care for an, uh, end of day drink and then you mush mouth tom sizemore's like and then society politicians the wet blanket <laughs> and that's the whole movie is just like what is happening but you can't you can't turn it off you can't stop watching because it's so bad it's good i just I, it's it's fantastic i love this shit here's here's a scene where tom sizemore's character uh, he goes to kiss his daughter goodbye. He's leaving early in the morning to go to work uh, on another case, the best detective in town. And uh, <laughs> he wrote this letter to his daughter or something. And I'm, it's clear that like he's reading this letter for the first time. Tom Sizemore is reading this letter. 
And I'm pretty sure they just did one take for everything. I mean, it's just, it's fabulous. Let's see. So he's in the room, kisses the daughter goodbye, pulls out the letter, which clearly just has the script on it. With all I've gotten wrong in my life, I must have done something right to have you in it. You'll always be my everything. Happy birthday, sweet pea. Love, Dad. And he reads it out loud and then just puts it, whatever, on the table, I guess. Anyway, I, I'm not, we're not going to go through the whole movie. I, I, just, I just wanted to give you an idea of what, uh, what we're getting with Tom Sizemore in this thing. And I, again, I know very little about Tom Sizemore. I feel like he had like major, did he have like major drug and alcohol stuff? I don't know, but rest in peace, Tom Sizemore of what I, what I presume to be his final performance. And uh, it's a movie that I'm going to watch over and over because it's so stupid and it's so bad. And uh, this, so this old Civil War veteran, he's just like, rah, rah, rah. and he says, he just mentions a name. He mentions a last name. They're in his hospital room, which is like in the bowels of the loony bin. And he's like, he's pretty much like chained to this bed. And all of a sudden, like the guys, like the Civil War guys lying there looking like a weirdo in a Halloween costume, and then he mentions this name, like Spicoli or Spamoni or something like that, Spinozzi, that's it. He mentions somebody's name, Spinozzi, and all of a sudden, Tom Sizemore's character is like, what What did you say? And he just reaches down and starts, like, stra- it's like a Homer Simpson. He starts, like, strangling. He starts strangling the guy, and the doctor and the nurse just stand there like, yeah, he, he was right to do so. <laughs> It's so fucking bad. It's wonderful. Uh, what did we watch last night? Oh, we watched um, Dark Harvest, which I love. It's, it's a really, you know, it's a dumb plot. It's not a particularly clever movie, but I really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> it's this town where every Halloween, Sawtooth Jack emerges from the cornfield and he he walks from the cornfield to the church in the in the town you know at the in the center of town and it's the 19 i don't know early 60s probably early 1960s and every uh i guess every like high school male they put on their mask their halloween costume and they all go out to the corn they all go out to kill Sawtooth Jack. Because if Sawtooth Jack makes it from the cornfield to the church um, before midnight or at midnight or some stupid thing, if he makes it to the church, that means that uh, the town is fucked and they're going to have a bad harvest and the crops will, you know, all all this stupid shit. Why? I don't know. What's the, I don't know. I also, I'm, uh, you know, I'm very much uh, filled with taffy when I'm watching these movies. So they, they probably make more sense to others than they do to me, which is perfectly fine because I'm just enjoying, I'm along for the ride. Just riding the waves, baby. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so, so, yeah, so this, this like pumpkin head ghoul thing. <laughs> comes down from his scarecrow perch every Halloween and uh, he'll he'll kill all the he'll kill as many as he wants to and like set houses on fire or something and then he goes to the church and it's and evidently it's only happened once where he made it into the church and they had like five years worth of terrible crops and all these other things and I'm like five years but wouldn't sawtooth Jack have come back next year and then you kill him and then and it's like, why do they they kill him? And then he comes back, and it's like, he just like grows in the farm or something. And then like, why don't they just like not plant another sawtooth Jack <laughs> and uh, or Halloween Jack? I kept calling him the whole time. I couldn't remember the name Sawtooth, so I was like, it's Chainsaw Jack. I called him Chainsaw Jack, Skeleton Jack, Pumpkinhead Jack, and Halloween. I mostly called him Halloween Jack. I think. 
and I could never remember his name, but I called him Chainsaw Jack a few times. And so, so the first, you know, it starts off, you see Sawtooth Jack kills some kid dressed up as Elvis, and uh, the kid, like, pisses his pants, and then Sawtooth Jack, I don't know, I forgot what he does, uh, but he kills him and sets him on fire or something. And then you see Sawtooth Jack gets to the gets to the middle of town, and then this kid runs out and just, you know, bashes him to pieces with a bat, and all the other kids are, you know. And then they go in after Sawtooth Jack has been killed, and they rip out his innards, which look like um, it's just like red vines and corn. Co- it's like what is inside of this guy? It's like okay, because he's a scarecrow. He has. It's like I don't, I don't, I fully, I don't understand, but okay. And then after that, they have a midnight dance, and everybody dances, and they have a you know music, and it's a nice thing. And then the mayor of the town or something, he he award the the guy the the high school kid who kills Sawtooth Jack is awarded with the keys to the shiny new Corvette, a, a sixty. Oh yeah, it must have been nineteen sixty three. That's where it takes place because he gives him a a brand new sixty four. Corvette that's never that hasn't uh, hit the market yet and and the kid gets to and then and then the kid who wins the contest takes the keys and he gets his Corvette and just like drives off and then he sends postcards to his brother because he just like that night he just gets in the car and leaves and and the brother gets postcards every so often he's like He's like, I can't believe he wouldn't write more. I can't believe you know I want to go visit him and the parents are like, No, you mustn't. And this kid is exempt from having to do the, you know, having to kill Halloween Jack, Sawtooth Jack, and uh, because his brother won the thing. So it's like, okay, your brother won, so you don't have to do it. But he wants to do it anyways because he's stupid. And, uh, and it's, uh, you know, he meets this girl and they fall in love and they, um, you know, and then, and, you know, and they have to deal with she's black, he's white, it's the 60s. You know, but they don't, they don't really touch on that too much. And it's just kind of, I, I, I don't know. I was, I was very, I was very much on my helicopter to the moon at that point, but still, uh, so yeah, I won't give it away, but, uh, it was, I, I really like, I liked it a hell of a lot more than I thought I would. And I love finding these little like dipshit movies on iTunes or on shutter or wherever, and uh and and sometimes you you find a real stinker sometimes you find a real gem i've enjoyed almost everything that we've watched though for in some way or another so yeah so we had a you know a couple couple of good movies over the weekend and 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 the big you know the main event was obviously having um best friends come out and visit and uh and have a fun time and it was it was really it was really fantastic it was less like I'm I'm so used to existing here without like any of my you know if we want to see our friends uh, up until now it's been like okay well let's go back to New York and we'll uh we'll you know we'll get together we'll hang out we'll see see our pals and all that stuff and uh and then you know we live in this crappy apartment so we wouldn't expect anyone to come see us and and that's fine we'll go see them and and now being able to have people actually come out and and stay with us and have a nice guest room and have, you know, a place for, for people to stay and relax. It's, it's great. It's awesome. It was such a, so nice. It was so nice. There was some good college, I guess Oregon and Washington was probably the best college football game of the weekend. Uh, and then NFL, I just, I couldn't get into NFL yesterday. I just couldn't, I, I had it on and I would look over at the red zone, but it's like, okay, well, I mean, I guess the only, I guess it was still a big weekend because uh, the Jets beat the Eagles and Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns beat the 49. Those are two undefeated teams as of 24 hours ago, and, and now they are not. Um, so that's like, oh, wow, all right, here we go. <clears throat> uh, and, the, and the Patriots looked like maybe they were almost going to win against, that was the other thing, it was like, the the best teams in the league got uh were defeated at least in the NFC um and then the worst teams looked like they might actually pull out some victories 
And two of the worst teams, the Browns and the Jets, actually did pull out victories against the best teams, two of the best teams. And then uh, the uh, the actual worst teams, which is the Panthers, Patriots, and Giants. Um, yeah, at one point the Giants had the lead. I really didn't watch much of that game either because I went to bed pretty early. Um, but the Giants, uh, I don't know, they have like a six-point lead, nine-point lead, something like that. Nothing, uh, you know, nothing crazy, but I was like, whoa. Buffalo's scoreless against the Giants. That won't last long, and it didn't. And the Giants lost, and the Bills won. And then the Patriots uh, were hanging in there with the with the Raiders, who were not a good team. And you think, okay, all right, maybe they'll get a win. This was certainly, you know, Belichick will keep get to keep his job for a little while longer, um, at least another week or two if they win, as opposed to a loss, which brings him ever ever that much uh, closer to to the end of his long and storied reign as a successful head coach of the New England Patriots, of course, with the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> also co- coincided with the, the great Bill Belichick's uh, most successful seasons. but uh, And then, of course, the greatest quarterback of all time, the, the greatest of all time, uh, goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and wins the Super Bowl in year one with that team. <laughs> and then uh, and then comes back for two more after that, and they get to the playoffs every year. And, um, you know, those are just like, those are just like fuck you victory laps for Brady. Uh, meanwhile, Belichick not having the same amount of success as Tom Brady after that departure. Uh, you know, they had Cam Newton. That didn't work out. <laughs> Couple a, a couple flashes of the old Cam Newton in a few of those early games in that 2020 season, but and then the next year he violated COVID protocol, which I'm sure they were just looking for a reason to get rid of the guy, and that was the end of that. And he went uh, he went back to the Panthers and finished what what I believe will likely be the, you know the end of his career because he's uh, he he certainly ain't playing now, and despite the fact that he said that there's no way that there are 32 quarterbacks better than Cam Newton. Let's be honest, the Jets and the Patriots, who could certainly use a quarterback, are not, uh, nobody's calling Cam Newton. So whether that's true or not, they just they just don't want him. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so, yeah, so the Patriots, and, and this is w- without question the worst year that they've had since Brady's departure. Uh, they have won one game against the Jets and uh, and and looked like maybe they'll win, maybe they'll win nope they won't okay <laughs> and uh and then speaking of the Panthers they looked like they were maybe about to win their first game of the season at least the Patriots have won a game and the Panthers had a 14 point lead on the Dolphins it's like oh whoa 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 stop the clock the great Dolphins are they about to uh succumb to uh, what is what I think is the worst team. I don't know. Giants, Patriots, Panthers, take your pick. Are are either one of those three is the worst in the NFL and you could you could make a case for either of those three to be the worst. Um which by the way it would be fucking it would be crazy if that was if the Patriots are end up with the worst record in the NFL and they end up getting the <laughs> The, the the first uh, to me it almost seems like I and and this is I'm sure this is giving Bill Belichick way too much credit, um, because you almost think like maybe he you know did he did he sit down with Kraft to say listen no matter what happens don't fire me if Mac Jones ends up being good then that's fine if we have a great season we win the Super Bowl then hey that's fantastic. But also, let's face it, Mac Jones is not the future of this franchise. Uh, he's probably not even the future of anything beyond this season and maybe not even the future of <laughs> too much more of this season. I don't know. Uh, we don't have any any good quarterbacks, but just let's just sit tight because uh, I've got my eye on uh, this one and that one in the draft. Let me, whatever happens, just keep me around for the rest of this year and let me 
let me go to the draft and do what I need to do and then come back. Now, is any of that happening? No, of course not. It's just the fact of the matter is we're all human. The best players, the best coaches, the best whatever, you're only temporarily the best, right? Like Tom Brady very well, I mean, he's he's the greatest quarterback ever. Ow, fuck. Oh, jeez. Oh, I just fucking rolled over my... Oh, man. Woo. That's painful. That is pain. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I just rolled over my toe. Ah, mm. anyway, um, you got, the greatest of all time is Tom Brady. That is, there's no real, there's not a lot of disputing that I, to me, I don't think. Um, just like for the longest time, it was Joe Montana. And, and to me, it's like, okay, the numbers and the statistics and all that stuff is great. But, you know, Dan Marino had great statistics, never won a Super Bowl. Tom Brady has great statistics and won a million Super Bowls. And, you know, Peyton Manning didn't win a ton of Super Bowls, but he's one of the best ever to do it. He won two Super Bowls, two different teams, you know, was always in the hunt, was always right there in those. I mean, how often, right? It was Patriots, Steelers, Colts. (laughs) Those you could just pretty much count every year. It's like, all right, here we go. It's gonna be Patriots Steelers in the <laughs> in the uh, you know either in the conference or the divisional. And if it was if it was Patriots Steelers in one, it would be Patriots Colts in the other, or it would be Colts Steelers, or it would be, you know it's like it's just the the revolving door. And uh, and it's gonna be you know Patrick. Listen, obviously the best chance to be to to replace Brady and somebody who's on a much seeming seemingly a you know a pretty pretty fast trajectory to do that similar to Brady is Patrick Mahomes and uh, but he's still got a, a long way to go before he can do that. He's he's gone to and lost Super Bowls and he's gone to and won Super Bowls. What does he have two? So you know, four or five more, and then you start to have like, uh oh. I mean, if if Mahomes gets to seven, then that's that's uh, that's one of those like Jordan Lebron kind of things forever. Like, oh, who is him? But is that going to happen? I doubt it. Uh, but anyway, no. I I it seems like uh, the the Belichick era is. Uh, is going to be coming to an end sooner than later. Who knows? He could have. I, I could. I could look at. The, I haven't looked at any like anything. Um, you know, like they they could have fired him already for all I know. But I, I asked a question last year, and uh, on on one of the podcasts, because I was wondering, like, yeah, I mean, Belichick's been around forever. He's been, you know, I mean, even before coaching the Patriots. Um. But obviously he's been he's been the coach of the Patriots since I was in college. <laughs> and uh and I wondered last year when they were not good, um how how many consecutive losses would the Patriots have to have before Belichick is fired? Would does he have enough goodwill from all those years? You know, it's it's very much in sports, it's like we gotta make money. How do you make money? You sell tickets, you sell merch, you get people in the stands. Well, how do you get people in the stands? By having a bad football team or a good football team? Duh. And so to me, it's like, okay, you're the, the stinkier this team gets, the more money that they're not going to be making. Because who's going to want to go sit and watch the Patriots lose to <laughs> any one of their division rivals? You know, Bills, Dolphins, Jets could come in any of those teams, given how bad the Patriots are this season. Even though the Patriots beat the Jets, the Jets could beat the Patriots. And certainly the Bills and Dolphins, I mean, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wondered last year, you know, if how many, like, if they started out the season with no wins and now they're 0-4, and, and they're 0-5, and they're 0-6, and, and they're 0-6. How many O-Ns would there be before they would just officially pull the plug on, on Belichick and say, hey, man, it's, uh, it's time. <laughs> it's time. 
you, you know, you can't be enjoying this losing every week. We're certainly not enjoying it. Uh, it's, you know, budget-wise, it's not doing us any favors, and we just paid to have the new, this new stupid lighthouse put in uh, at Gillette Stadium, and the biggest, the biggest uh, screen, the biggest video wall in the world or something like that. Because that's what you do when you're a billionaire. It's just like, it's just like anything. Like, I want to have, you know, you, know, you want to have like the biggest TV. And if you're a billionaire, it's like, yeah, that's still, that still applies. It's just TVs that cost a billion dollars. <laughs> Maybe not. But, you know, like, look at the sphere in Las Vegas. Like, I'm actually, I would love to go see, some, I don't even care what. I would love to go see something at the sphere in Las Vegas. Just to see that, uh. What is it like an 18, 16K, 18K, um, you know, the spherical screen inside. I mean, it's, it's, it's truly, it's an amazing structure that they have. It's, I've never been to Vegas. I've really never had a much of an interest in going to Vegas. Like, okay, it might be fun. I would have gone to Vegas in the sixties to see the Rat Pack. And I guess I could go out there anytime until probably the end of time to see like the Rat Pack impersonators. I guess that would be fun. I'm not into casinos at all. I think Vegas, uh, I I feel like I have been to Vegas because just there's been how many TV shows and movies have taken place there. How many, you know, it's just like, yeah. And it's not one, there's, there's been so many movies and shows that have taken place elsewhere where I say, oh man, it would be cool to go to whatever, to go to this place, to see the, you know, whatever, Miami, Chicago, it'd be, no, it'd be neat to see these places, and, uh, and Vegas, even though it has the pretty lights, and you got the strip, and you got the, you know, the neat little hotels, and all this stuff, I just have no, I have zero interest, but now they have the sphere, so I'm um, slightly more interested than I was, um, but then there's part of me that's like, uh, be nice if they just put a, sphere somewhere here on the east coast and then i could just drive to it instead of having to fly but anyway um you know patriot craft spent uh, how how many zillions of dollars on the renovations to the stadium for this year and everything else and to have all this neat stuff like hey come to the game check out our stuff which probably some of that was strategic to say like yeah we're not we're not getting good anytime soon so we might as well put in a lighthouse that people might want to come see <laughs> and and a big a big TV, um, but it's like yeah, it's a business. Thanks for the six Super Bowls. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, you have goodwill to a certain extent that like maybe you're not going to be fired in week six or seven, but maybe by like week eight you're out of here. As opposed to most coaches who would have been gone, uh, probably last week or this week. But it's like, does, does Belichick just get to the end of the season no matter what? Do they just say, you know what, because of all you've done and, you know, this team, and it doesn't matter what coach we bring in, this team's not going to get good because it's just not a good team. So Belichick will, will – but also, does Belichick want to be associated with this team through the end of the – does he want to keep coming back just to like, oh, yeah, can I uh, – we could either just, you know – we could end this relationship. You're you're a legend. You'll all, you'll always be loved here in New England and Boston. Um, but let's uh, you know let's let's put this uh, horse out of its misery, and uh, and you you can be done. And you know we'll put the, somebody else in there, and uh, that way you don't have to be. <laughs> the sooner you're gone, the, the sooner people uh, go back to attaching your legacy to to all the good years that you had 20, 20 good years, as opposed to these last three or four terrible years. So I'm, I'm, that's, that's my curiosity is like, how long will they wait until they fire him? And he's not winning. They're not winning any games. So I think I, and, and how, why would Belichick want to go through that every week, knowing that you're going to lose and just keep coming back and back through the rest of October, November, December, like, I would rather just like, let it be over. Stay down. So we'll see. Anyway, it was still a good good weekend. Despite, I mean, yeah, I I couldn't couldn't be as uh, as entertained by NFL as I normally am. 
Um, but that's because Saturday was just so damn good. It's like, I don't care about football. I'm just thinking about all the fun that I had with my friends in the last, uh, the last day or two. Uh, so it was a great weekend and uh, hopefully a great week ahead. I hope you have the same. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you real soon. We'll see how the Monday night game goes tonight. We'll be back with NFL tomorrow and more later on on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Later, Gators.